Hello and welcome to Middle of the Dial, a music podcast for the entertainment website Middle of the Row. I'm Jonathan Rahul and today's episode features Sydney Sprague. Sydney is a singer-songwriter who just released the music video for her single Steve, which comes off her debut album Maybe I Will See You at the End of the World, which comes out February 26th on Rude Records. Sydney, thanks for thanks for being here. Thanks for talking with me. Hey, thank you so much for having me. I'm stoked. Um, the first thing I want to talk about is because, so we're currently talking about this on the day after the election, votes are still being tallied. Um, there's still not a definitive result yet. Um, and that's, seems like something pretty close to you because I actually, we were supposed to talk yesterday and your manager emailed me and was like, uh, the DNC wants to set up another event with Sydney. Can we delay this? I was like, (laughs) yeah, sure. Of course. Um, and I, I guess the first thing was you, I guess in Arizona, you opened for Alicia Keys at a rally. Um, how did that get set up? What was that experience like? And then what was the second event? It was insane. So the, the first event, actually I opened for Cher, um, which is a sentence I cannot believe that I can say now. Um, but yeah, what happened was I was sitting at home, uh, I think it was like a week and a half ago, I got a call from a local promoter here in Phoenix that I've done some shows with before, and I guess he had been contacted by the Arizona Democratic Party looking for some entertainment for a rally. I guess Cher had a rally, and last second they had somebody drop out, they needed a fill-in, so they were like scrambling, called me, were like, hey, can you come play a gig tonight? It was at like 4 p.m. They needed me there by like 6, I think. And so I was like, sure, I'll be there. What's the thing? And they were like, it's a Biden rally. And I was like, cool, awesome. I'll be there. Like got ready, got my stuff in the car, had like little to no information about what was happening. I showed up and they were like, yeah, you're opening for Cher. So (laughs) I... uh, I went out there with my solo acoustic guitar and sang my sad girl songs just kind of on national television um, in front of an audience. And it was really, it was amazing and just like so inspiring. Most of this election, I've just been in my apartment, you know, and you like, you read stuff on Twitter and like Instagram and see all your friends getting fired up. But to like actually be there in an event where the whole, the press is all there, like the volunteers that have been working on the campaign, the local Arizona Democrats, which I really hadn't been super involved with before this. It was just amazing to see how much work everybody is putting in and how hard they were fighting for it here, just like locally. Mm-hmm. So that was awesome. And then a couple of days later, they called me back for the uh, the second rally, which was Kamala Harris was speaking and Alicia Keys was there as well. So I went and I played that. It was just, equally amazing energy um and then yesterday they called to play at the polls as the polls are closing because we had some long lines here last night so just to, to kind of keep the energy up and going through the rest of the night yeah what was your own experience like with voting yesterday um and obviously you voted in the past and that kind of thing but how has this election hit you differently compared to previous ones uh i mean it's it Definitely just feels, it feels so much more important than any election ever has. I, last election, my friends and family were kind of convinced that there was just no way it was possible that he would win. And I was like, I don't know, I wouldn't be so sure. Um, And then obviously 
it happened. Um, this time I was, everybody's pretty much on the same page all around me of like, we got to take this very seriously. So there was definitely, you know, a more intense vibe about getting it done. And so I voted early, which I have in the past. Arizona's like a big vote early state. So we all get pretty much all get our ballots in the mail um, like a month before. And so I dropped my ballot off a few weeks ago, just like basically as soon as I could. I just wanted to get it in and counted and like no questions asked or problems like I wanted my vote in. So it was very exciting to drop it off and just been very tense ever since pretty much. Well, so it's interesting because like that feeling and that environment and tone that you like reference, you've also released a video for your first single, I Refuse to Die, um, which is hilarious just with the imagery, with um, you <laughs> as um, that newscaster and the various satirical headlines scrolling across the screen and that sort of thing. But that was written prior to 2020, like in 2019 and I was wondering if you could describe just kind of where you were at what headspace you were at when you wrote the song and then sort of when you were deciding on the video how you guys came about putting that together yeah I wrote it I wrote that song in December of last year so and I made the record in January so it was like right under the wire the last song that I wrote for the album um and it was pretty much just about about what we're dealing with now. I had a feeling that there would be, you know, drama with the election. I had just kind of a weird feeling that it wouldn't be a good year. I have always been super paranoid just in general. Um, but I just had, had a feeling that something weird was coming. And I obviously was like, I had it on the schedule to make my album. I had just done my first tours last year. So I wanted to kind of just put good energy out most of my songs are kind of focused on my uh, my internal struggles and like the drama that happens in my life. But I wanted to like physically manifest uh, good things. I wanted to manifest the year that I wanted. Um, it didn't it did not, not work um, clearly, but it's still to me it's still a good reminder to just like you know keep fighting through everything through just like the world falling apart. There's really not much else you can do, but keep going. Um, and then we made that video ourselves, me and my partner, Chuck, who's in the video. We made it in our kitchen with a green screen and an iPhone. And I learned how to do like a photo editing or not video editing. I downloaded just like a free video editing software and stayed up overnight for like three weeks, teaching myself to make little scrolly bars and edit together stuff. And it was it was really fun. I spent like three weeks on it early in quarantine and it was nice to have something to just like fully sink my attention into when there wasn't anything else to do. What's the uh, I'm curious, what's the difference between the creative process for you as a musician writing a song or constructing an album to coming up with the theme for or the the visuals or the concept for a video and then putting that together and thinking like what was there any differences or was there a lot of similarities or what was that like it's super different I have no experience in it that was my first time ever like conceptualizing something and then making it and then putting it out like I'm really not much of a visual person in general like drawing painting not not really my thing so 
to uh, to come up with this was kind of difficult for me. It was definitely a challenge for my my more musical brain, but it was a good challenge, and um, I had a lot of inspiration to draw from at the time with the news just being insane every day. It wasn't hard. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's interesting you say that because even uh, flashing back a little bit to uh, your tiny desk entry with Steve, um, yeah. that that video was incredible too. I mean, far less complicated and technical, but still in- extremely um, effective. And uh, what, what, what was that like? I don't want to spoil it for, uh, for people who haven't seen it yet, but you should definitely go on YouTube and watch it. But what was that experience like, yeah. uh, in coming up with the idea for that? Oh, that was, that was a blast. I can't remember. It was Marcus, my friend that's in the video. And I just kind of spitballed that concept of just like, we death thing. So maybe we just, you know, play the desk somehow and it escalated a little bit obviously and that was it was on a small scale the inspiration for the actual music video of me like you know smashing stuff and going crazy um but yeah that I think gosh I can't remember I think that video was made in like 2018 now I think we were submitting for 2018 tiny desk so it's been a minute Steve has been a really long time coming for me (laughs) what uh so comparing the the lyrical and thematic content of that to I Refuse to Die, it seems like a little bit more personal of a song. I was wondering if you could talk about that um, a little bit more. Yeah, totally. Yeah, kind of, yeah, like I was saying, most of my songs are about my own anxiety and stuff going on in my life. So Steve is definitely more of one of those songs. It was just, um, it was a time in my life where I felt kind of discontent in like every part of my life. Um, I was super unhappy in my living situation and my job and my relationship and just nothing felt right. And I wasn't moving in the right direction with my music and the things that I wanted to be doing. So I just kind of like, I got so frustrated that I just kind of like shut down everything. Re restarted my whole life, moved out of my apartment, started new friendships, relationships, which just kind of sick stuff out of my life. So that song was kind of like the tipping point when I was just like, "All right, we're done. We're we got to do something else." How do you feel like? So knowing that, and knowing that there's like a little bit of that kind of hopeful elements in both of those singles so far, I Refuse to Die and Steve, how do you think that fits in with the overall ap- almost apocalyptic theme of the record? Um, does Do they stand out? Do they mix in with a, with some of the other themes on the songs? Or um, how do they compare? Honestly, I think that is kind of, I think they fit in pretty well with the overall theme. It's definitely gloomy and... Uh, uh, nihilistic I would say just very like oh man this is terrible but whatever what are we gonna do um there's like an ex- uh, an acceptance and just like a glimmer a tiny little glimmer of hopefulness across the record I think um that yeah I don't I think that's kind of where we're all at in the world is there's not, not a whole lot we can do to control anything but we have to stay a little bit hopeful at least what was it uh, going into it then, recording this album, um, 
I'm wondering how was that compared to, so this is your debut album, but you've been obviously uh, recording music and making music for a while. Um, how did it compare to like when you were first starting out to now being like, well, this is the, st- this is the first statement I want to like, or the first kind of grand statement I want to make as an artist. Um, what things were you looking at doing differently? Um, what influences were you bringing that were maybe a little bit different than when you started in music? Yeah. I mean, I approach this so differently than I have anything I've ever done. I think I've, uh, I had released five EPs before this mm-hmm. record, um, and they're all down off of streaming right now, but they some of the songs will be coming back in the future. Um, but I think just like, you know, I started recording when I was 14 or 15, and just every time I learned a little bit more about the process and, you know, about standing up for my ideas and, like, learning to, like, define what my ideas are and express them and communicate them. Um, I really went into this one. I felt the strongest about the group of songs that I had. Um, and I went into it just like, I took it very seriously. I, I demoed out all of the songs in advance and kind of, you know, just like laid out all the parts that I was hearing so that I could express them. I made playlists for each song with like lists of inspo of all the like, uh, artists that I was hearing and little like ideas that I had for the production. Um, and then I booked the studio of my dreams, which was Hall of Justice. Um, I, it was just like a super random, like lucky chain of events that led to that. But I went on tour with my friend, Dirac, who's also a Phoenix, uh, singer songwriter last year. And we went up to Seattle. We happened to be there and have an off day. And she was friends with a head engineer there. So we went in and I made a song and it was magical. And we booked the session, I think like a month after that to make the whole record. So we spent a month making the record, which is the longest I've ever spent on anything I've ever done. Um, Never really just like fully dove into the recording process either. There was always work schedules and other stuff to kind of like hurdle around. But we just, we went into the studio and spent a month with the songs and that's where like death cab for cutie made a lot of their records and um just like so many albums that have inspired me so just being in that studio like with that gear and the instruments that made the songs that i was trying to emulate in some ways was it was mind-blowing i wonder if so now it's now it's made now it's released um and it's we're in anticipation of it I'm wondering how your anticipation of what the promotional cycle for it will be. Cause obviously with COVID that's a, that's a part of the music industry that's been kind of uh, just shut down. And so what is, what are your anxieties or what are your thoughts on what's it going to look like to get this out to the world? And what, what kind of steps have you guys been taking to try to, we've got the both videos um, you've done, press in like Kerrang, Kerrang featured you, Alt Press featured you as their like oh. artists to watch. Like how else are you going to try to keep the the press train going? Yeah, well, lucky for me, I got the rude deal back in June. So, I had started to re- I released Irvies to Die originally on my own independently. Mm-hmm. Um 
which was, it was definitely scary going into that. Just like, I don't, I'm not going to be able to tour with this. I pretty much just have to use the internet to my full advantage, releasing this stuff, which means kind of like, you know, involving as many visuals as possible, as many videos and kind of like interactive things as possible and just doing as much research as I can and using all the little indie outlets and stuff like that. Um, and then Rude stepped in and saved the day in a sort of way because they've got amazing connections to PR. So we have, I think, five PR companies that we're working with right now that are just kind of all over the world covering a whole bunch of different territories. So I'll wake up to an email like this morning and I'm going to be on Kerrang! tonight. And that's insane. I never imagined that in a million years. Um, so I feel, I feel really good about the team that we have and the opportunities that we're getting right now just because it's like stuff that I've been dreaming about for the last 10 years and it's a little weird to just be experiencing it all from my apartment and not being able to go out and celebrate and be around people and playing the songs live but still just my vibe is very very excited and hopeful for how this is gonna go. I mean that's awesome and uh, like that's great to hear that you have that energy because it spills over through that music again we were talking off uh off the recording just about like that that thing you can hear in your music that just stands out that makes people want to inherently like sit down and listen and give it the attention so um yeah it's it's cool to see that you are aware of that um and feeling that as well um all right i love the songs and that that says a lot because i'm picky so (laughs) i hope i'm excited other people like them too Awesome. Well, so we've got a couple of more, I guess, lighthearted questions slash sections to uh, to kind of get people more in the mindset or more uh, understanding of who Sydney. I think I did. I pronounce your last name right. I probably should have. Asked, I'm ter- I'm a terrible interview. I should have asked that at the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> um, but so our first section we're gonna call, and I'll probably, hopefully, maybe introduce some spooky music or something like that into here we'll see um it's strange happenings or something Ooh. i don't know that's a working title whatever this might not make I the like cut. It. <laughs> um, I like it. but i'm gonna put you on the spot with a couple of uh with a couple of questions regarding your time as a performing artist thus far and we're going to get right okay. into it right now with the weirdest show experience. I wonder if you could describe that for us. Oh, my gosh. There's so many. Um, man. Honestly, as a, it was incredible and amazing. But I would say that the weirdest experience was the Cher show because it happened so fast. I didn't know I was opening for Cher until 10 minutes before it happened. Um It was socially distanced, so people were kind of just in their chairs on a lawn spread out six feet apart so that they were all really excited and hyped, but, like, in their chairs. So playing to an audience in that way with, you know, MSNBC cameras and stuff, that was the weirdest time, probably the weirdest show and also just the weirdest moment of my life in general. (laughs) Did you you get a (laughs) chance to, like, meet with Cher at all or anything like that or...? No, she, she was, she came, she got off her bus, she walked on stage, she sang Walking in Memphis, she talked about Biden for a bit, she sang Believe, and she 
waved and walked off back to the bus. And that was like the whole, the whole share experience. It was beautiful. <laughs> what was that like? Contrast that to, uh, to opening for Alicia Keys. Alicia. Okay. So to be fair, she didn't actually sing. She was just speaking. So I was okay. introducing her, I guess, but, uh, wait, but then still... that means you were like the solo musical artist then for the rally. Well then that, I mean, yeah, there you yeah. go. That's, I mean, that's huge in it, and of itself. It was, in, it was intense and Alicia Keys was there and her speech, honestly, like she's an incredible singer. She's an incredible songwriter, but as a, like a public speaker, that woman is on, she's insane. She's on another level. I was moved by her words. Awesome. Amazing. Yeah. All right. So this next one, this one maybe is, gets even a little bit more personal. So just. Warning you, uh, your weirdest fan interaction. Oh man, that's tough. I'm trying to think. Um, oh, I haven't had that many weird ones. I feel like I've had I had one fan a few years ago who sometimes people just get like super hyper clingy like really fast yeah. like you meet them at a show yeah. and then they're your best friend and you didn't know that that happened <laughs> that's happened a couple times maybe and then I also um I get some pretty weird emails sometimes that will just be like a couple just random words and sentences from from one person in particular uh, I think the last time that I got one it was something like uh I can't even remember what it was, but it was literally just like two random words out of context with no, no other explanation. But like an actual, per like not a spam or not like, like somebody. Oh, this is a real, this is a person that I've met at shows before that just sends these emails. Okay. Well, that's a, that's concerning to say the least. I it's guess. a little strange. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, uh, you know, it's the internet weird things so that's the end of this segment called strange happenings Ooh, okay um our next one <laughs> is called tastemakers insert fancy music here um and so this is a chance for us to get into who are you digging on right now, who are your uh, artists that you really appreciate and has really uh, been giving you inspiration. Um, so the first one is your current obsession. And I My should also say this can be like music. This can be art in general. Like this could be at books, movies, TV, whatever as well. Yeah. Uh, honestly, I think my current and constant obsession is Danielle Dirac, and I am biased because I she's my friend and we tour together and all of that. But like, truly, honest to God, my favorite songwriter, her stuff is unreal, and she's just started putting out her album as well. So the first single came out. The music video is hysterical. It's brilliant and funny and perfect, and she looks like an angel. And I highly, highly recommend checking that out it's called broken wings and i sing some harmonies on it and again i swear i'm not biased it's just really good <laughs> nice um 
then well the next one goes into like your crucial influence so like if there was one artist who's really shaped your sound and shaped your vision as an artist um who would that be and who would you recommend for people oh my gosh that's so hard because there's been so many like phases of music that have influenced me um uh well maybe well, let's let's back it up real quick and actually because looking at your youtube channel like one of the things that's really prominent is covers but it's great because you have this like diversity of time frame in terms of covers like you have take on me yeah. you have a paramore song like what like what started you into thinking hey i like music but i i don't just like it i want to do it what were some of those artists uh, back then when you were just getting started back in the day the first cd i ever bought was britney spears so when i was growing up younger kid i was listening to a lot of like the 90s and early 2000s pop stuff mm -hmm. so it was bubblegum right away and even then i kind of like i was super musical and like writing a little bit so inspired early by that and then as a teenager it was big time like avril lavigne kelly clarkson like big girl power vibes all around um and then as i got a little older it was more indie stuff the national was like i would consider my favorite band for probably still till today they're just an amazing band um death cap for cutie is probably a close second um also really loved arcade fire was super inspired by their stuff for a long time and bonnie bear and things like that so kind of like from from pop music through like 90s alternative and some pop punk emo stuff through indie folk alternative of everything. What uh, what do you think? Do you think it was just like maybe your like your age and your time that like helped that transition? Because I think to a lot of people they wouldn't necessarily they don't they wouldn't predict that kind of evolution. So what do you yeah. what were like were there other like instigating factors that were going on in your life or was it just like as you grew older you discovered more music and you discovered more of what you liked yeah I think that was most of it I think genuinely I really just like so many things I like so much music and so many different kinds of music but I've always been like kind of exploratory and not judgmental of genre and that kind of thing but um yeah, I'm an, I'm an only child. I was homeschooled, so I spent a lot of time as a teenager and, you know, my whole life kind of, like, on the internet, poking around and finding different music and spending a lot of time just really diving deep into that. So that was probably how I ended up in the more, like, indie sphere of things later on. But, yeah. Nice. All right, so this next one is a little bit more frivolous, but uh, what is your current social media like account obsession so is there like an, a, a tiktok or an instagram or a snapper that you like that you're all you always got to check daily yeah well phoebe bridgers aka <laughs> fake news on instagram is queen forever so like all bottom line always phoebe bridgers um but lately i've been really obsessed with upsall uh her her name is Taylor Upsall, but she goes by Upsall in, like, her music career. But she's used to live in Phoenix. Now she's an L.A. girl. 
but she's just like absolutely hysterical on TikTok and on Instagram and she's beautiful. And uh, Lizzo reposted her recently. They did so like a TikTok collab. So it's been super fun to like just stalk her every day and see what's happening with that. Nice. Awesome. I will like Phoebe Bridgers. I am very invested in, but I will have to check out this yeah. other one because I don't know him. Yeah, you definitely should. She's awesome. Awesome. Sydney, before we let you go, uh, where can people find you? Oh, also, that brings us to the end of Tastemakers. Whatever. <laughs> um, I have no idea what I'm doing. It's great. We're, we're figuring it out. <laughs> Nobody does. We're all just doing it, you I know? Mean, I figured that's how I'd brand myself. I'm like the music journalist that really shouldn't be a music journalist. That's my that's my niche. That's my brand. <laughs> my um, whole vibe I'm just doing my best. <laughs> You know? <laughs> so where can we or where can other people find you on the social medias on the internets and where can people find your music yeah i'm on all of the social media things as sydney sprague which is sydney like australia sprague like prague but with an s at the beginning um and then i'm just sydneysprague.com has all the latest like updates and music and videos and stuff like that and then sydney sprague on spotify apple music what have you um, i believe uh, you can also check out the rude records youtube page for some of my new videos as well awesome and amazing yeah. that that debut album is called maybe i will see you at the end of the world and it comes out on february 26th on rude records definitely check out the first two signals singles and uh save that baby on spotify or wherever you get your music sydney this has been amazing thanks for talking to me thank you so much for having me that's gonna do it for this episode of middle of the dial I'm Jonathan Rahul, and you can find me on Twitter at AnotherRahulJ. You can also follow our website on Twitter at MiddleOfRow, or just check us out at www.MiddleOfRow.com. And remember, the best songs are in the middle of the dial.